The Myths of Selling to the Government If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to government, you're doing it wrong. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, selling and marketing to the government for years, quite successfully, thank you. Now, here's Rick. Welcome back to the Myths of Selling to Government. In our last episode, we had a special guest, Eileen Kent, the federal sales Sherpa. She's a consultant like us who helps companies sell to the government. But while we work with people and companies on local, state, federal, and educational markets, Eileen specializes in the federal sector. And dang, she's good at it. She's trained over 10,000 people on federal sales, and I really enjoyed talking with her. We talked last time about how companies often go to the federal markets with naivete. They think they get registered for some sites, maybe get placed on some contracts, respond to some RFPs, and while it may take a while, orders will start coming in. Eileen and I agree, that's not going to happen. Those orders will not start coming in, at least with that type of approach. That doesn't mean you can't get into the federal markets. You most certainly can. But you have to look at it differently. And if you've been in the federal markets but find yourself stalling or maybe revamping your team or maybe you got on a new contract schedule like GSA or the many others, Eileen says that's a good time to change the approach. When they're kind of looking at the marketplace and going, hmm, should we really be doing this? Or should we spend money on that? Eileen says there are three things a company should be doing. Training, researching, and planning, starting with training. In federal sales training, you might learn a little bit about the roles and responsibilities of contracting versus the people that you really need to be talking to, who are your end users the program managers and project managers that you'll be working beside, whether it's to build something or to create something or to deliver something or to sell a product to somebody needs your expertise or your product or your capabilities to be able to accomplish some sort of mission that they need to do on the inside. This person does not purchase what you sell unless it's something small, Rick. If it's if it's something small, like a hammer or some nails, that's easy. They can use a credit card and make a purchase. But if they need to buy something that's substantial, extra services, anything that's over $25,000, it's probably going to go over to contracting, but they're going to influence the buy. So the end users inside the agency that need what you offer. Also, the other layers and players would be the stakeholders, the department directors or the regional um, directors or the base commanders, as well as the primes, the small business officer, the FOIA director. There's layers and players. She says your team needs to be on the same page about who's who, kind of like the mapping we talked about in other episodes. You also need training and awareness about the contracts you can use to really close business for a particular prospect. That includes understanding a lot of acronyms. GSA, GWACs, IDIQs, BPA, or set-asides like 8A or Service Disabled Vet or HUBZone. What does all that mean? The whole team needs to get trained, Rick, because everybody on the team needs to be speaking this language. So that's step one, is getting everybody speaking the same language from the top of the business 
all the way to the people handling collections, accounts receivable. Everybody needs to know this language. Step two, they need to do their research. They need to do deep dive market research after they've been trained. As thorough as the research needs to be, it's become quite accessible, much easier to get than when Eileen and I were getting started in government sales. We had to make tons of phone calls, travel every week, and scour the land just to find out what the government was buying and who within the government was doing the buying. It's incredible that the federal government has published contracts that are available to you for free at fpds.gov if you look at them one at a time. At USA Spending, they kind of show up in a little bit different format. And then also, um, right now, it's beta.sam. They have a contracting data site that you can data dip based on keywords and competitor names and Dunn's numbers and NAICS codes. Um, But you need to kind of know how to do that. Imagine this, Rick. If you were saying, gee, I wonder who buys and then fill in the blank. You could literally walk up to this database and say, I want to look at every contract that has this keyword in it. I want to see every contract that has this competitor name in it. And you can analyze that data to see exactly who buys, what you sell, from whom, with what contract vehicles, how many bids, how they competed it, when it's coming to an end, whether it was a small or 8A or hub zone or whatever set aside, what contract vehicle they use. Eileen says the intelligence is like a dream come true. My first year selling to the feds, I was walking the halls of L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, Dallas, Atlanta, D.C., Chicago, back around again, seven out of eight weeks, traveling, 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 talking to people. It would take eight or nine conversations just to find out who their current incumbent was doing what I do. But now we can do keyword searches in this data, which allows us to do a competitive analysis and isolate, Rick, we can isolate. Who buys what we sell from whom? Outstanding guidance, Sherpa. So now that you've done research and identified genuine prospects, it's time to create your federal sales action plan. Instead of just sprinkling your information out there to every single buyer that's out there or just email blasting everybody because you bought a list. No, I want you to isolate specifically who buys what you sell and get in there and talk to those people who influence those purchases. How about an example, Eileen? Let's say you were an IT health record provider, and we do a data dip for that. Well, there's a couple companies that's doing this kind of work, Cerner, Lidos, some others, so we can look at their data. We can also do health IT, health records, coding, and we're probably going to get the VA. And there's one office at the VA that manages these kind of contracts is the Technology Acquisition Center in New Jersey, as well as the Office of Information Technology. So if you are a health IT company, that particular location might bubble up in the data. And then we build an action plan around that particular location and the people that are there. We're looking for people. We want to be able to zoom in on the people at the specific locations that are buying what you sell. Then you identify specific people and start building relationships. LinkedIn is a fantastic 
place to find people who buy what you sell once you know what their titles are. A professional organization that you might be involved in. So for example, Rick, a great place to find end users for facilities might be at Society of um, American Military Engineers. So SAMI, that's what they call it. And that's an association where a lot of facility managers in the federal government are involved and you can join your local chapter. You have the Society of Human Resource, uh, Resource People, SHRM. So there are different ways they can find end users. Of course, some of the agencies have staff directories. Some of the agencies have procurement forecasts where they have some names. Then per your plan, you start reaching out. You can email, phone call, voicemail, webinar, white paper, publications, sharing ideas, coming up with a training seminar to get them engaged as professionals. <laughs> Gosh, Sherpa, you sound like Bubba on Forrest Gump. Eileen says you probably are going to use all of the above, and eventually your prospects become what Eileen likes to call animated. This is what I mean by animated, Rick. They're a name. They're a voicemail. You haven't talked to them yet. They're an email. They're a face on LinkedIn. You leave them a message. No callback. You leave them another message on the day that you told them you would. No callback. You send them a white paper. You invite them to an event. They actually say yes to the event. They come to the event and they start giving feedback or they start saying their expertise or they ask questions. Suddenly, suddenly, they're living, breathing. You can hear their voice. You can hear their intonation. You know what their expertise is. And then at some point during the conversation, the emails, they go, oh, I love that. Suddenly, you got them. They're engaged, they're animated, and they're in. If you can get your customer animated and engaged, even if they can't buy from you, Rick, they'll point you in the right direction. They'll commit to helping you. See, that's not so hard. But it is time-consuming, and there are no shortcuts. If you want to reach Eileen, you can do so at her website, federalsalesherpa.com, or get in touch with me and I'll connect you. Special thanks to Eileen Kent, the Federal Sales Sherpa. In another episode, we talked about the naivete that people often have when they enter the federal markets. Then we talked today about three steps for making it happen training, researching, and planning. Good luck. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, getting government sold.